to be back at the helm after a couple of days off. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll slot into the Monday, Wednesday, Friday yeah. uh, routine, I think, as opposed to every single day of the week. But it's good because <laughs> we have some significant things to discuss in this episode, oh, which I'm quite did. excited to. Mm. So there's, I think there's three major things. Mm-hmm. So obviously we had, we had a discussion. We went to Lawn the other day for the day, which was really nice. We took my first paycheck. And obviously back paid everything I needed to do, sorted out all my money first, and then had the little bit that was left over to have some us time yeah. for the first time in a long time, really to nice. have some disposable income and go, let's just have a nice time away. Yes. And so we went to lawn for the day. That was good. That was we had a really cool. good conversation there about money and value yeah. and us. And uh, we also, you had a pretty major epiphany the other day, mm. which we'll talk about a little bit, which would be really interesting. And yeah, and then today, potentially- so the, the hint of possibly the next steps for you. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. So it's obviously all very much in its infancy. So very we're not much. we're not attributing any kind Smaller of Smaller than the baby that is in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> in my uterus. We're not attributing any kind of permanency to anything because obviously we've learnt. We can talk about that. <laughs> that uh, that nothing necessarily uh, is permanent. Mm. But exciting things anyway, which is really good. So we'll we'll get into all that. So before we do Please uh, like and subscribe and share the content around if you like it and you think anyone else would. We'd very much appreciate it. If you want to get in touch, the email address is itppc at protomail.com. My Instagram is logan.d.gray and Yuja's Instagram is yuja.gray. Now, the implications of a lot of this stuff is pretty significant and very far reaching, especially in terms of everything that we've done up until this point. Yes. So, I guess we'll start with the conversation we were having. So, we were driving to Lawn and we were just talking about obviously the current state of the world and currently our state of being and, and our situation where we're at, mm. uh, especially, I guess, more so in terms of the work and the money and the income and all that sort of jazz. Like it's a pretty common discussion for us anyway. <laughs> obviously, with me having a job, it's taken alleviated a lot of the financial burden and stress, which yeah. has been really nice. Uh, but obviously, we want to get ourselves into a position where we're able to generate our own income and we don't have to rely on one or both of us being employed. Yeah. We'd rather be able to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I know for you, you shared this, I think it was in the last episode, just about sort of everything that you've gone through up until this point and kind of looking at your work with a bit of disgust and distaste yeah. and, you know, you're not really wanting to do it. So, yeah. that was a pretty emotional finish to last episode. Yeah, I apologize if. <laughs> <laughs> but the the second thing we'll get into talking about today probably is the follow on from that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, for now, anyway, we're, we're talking about, I guess, the way we were approaching money because it's like, we need money, we need money, we need money. And one of the main things that really came out of what we were talking about was that approach to money and to value that we were really focusing on we were focusing on on money as the the kind of bastion of freedom and happiness for us and you know i don't necessarily believe that money doesn't buy you happiness because not to, not in a superficial sense that it's like money is the be and end of it all no money is the tool that enables you to have opportunity mm-hmm. and it's that opportunity having those all like as many different pathways open to you in an economic sense having as many different pathways open to you as possible gives you more choice. Yeah. And when you have more choice, there's there's more that you can do. More possibility. There's yeah. more possibility in life. And so, no, money itself doesn't buy you happiness, but what money what provides, yeah. what it can do for you, absolutely opens your your life up to a depth that it otherwise wouldn't have. Well, we can think about like our life over the last three years especially, um, you know, when we've been just, you know, it's been – it's been hard to enjoy life because we haven't had money. We've had to say no to many, many, many events, not being able to go here, not being able to go there, not being able to afford presents, not being able to afford to do this. Not being, it is, it, It's like a soul killer. It really does. It drains your energy and you become very disheartened. Well, I think you become materially disheartened. I think that's what we were sort of battling with and, and groping for some kind of fulfillment right and when you're not fulfilled and we weren't fulfilled obviously in the kind of material realm yeah then it's like the only place to go then is into the sort of spiritual Spiritual. non-material place to get that kind of fulfillment Mm. so when you don't have money or you don't have material means to be able to do stuff well then in order to you either obviously cascade down into a depression because you kind of feel stifled by your environment (laughs) or you cascade down into yourself 
and you go into this more spiritual space where you'll, you look for the abundance as a substitute for the physical abundance, you look for a non-material abundance. abundance, a spiritual abundance. And I guess that's what we did. Mm. And so that probably is really going to lead into this next part of the discussion. But just to talk about this a little bit yeah. first is that I think that that's, that's what we, that's kind of what we had to do. We had to bury ourselves in ourselves, go internally to really find that kind of uh, justification, fulfillment in us and our existence yeah. and I guess us in what we were doing. And so that's, it's just a really fascinating thing to think about. I don't regret it because no. we learned a lot about ourselves. Oh, yeah. right? <laughs> but also, um, did you want to talk about the money and value? Yeah, for sure. So, so uh, obviously we were trying to figure out our work, figure out what we were passionate about Yeah. because most people, I dare say, would – There's, there, I feel like there's all this passion that we want to have yeah. but we don't know what the object of that passion is. And so, I don't mean for this to kind of jump jump around from bit to bit. I want to try and keep this smooth. But when you have the desire to be passionate, the urge to be passionate, I think everyone wants to feel passionate about something because yeah. if they have an object that they're passionate about, well, then they can they can serve themselves by, by I don't know, uh, realizing the object of their passion and feeling really good about what it is and feeling and driven. Feeling purposeful. Feeling purposeful. And so, we, we have this kind of passion that we want but we don't know what the object of it is so we've been trying to spend this whole time figuring out what the object of that passion was and that's what we've really kind of our focus has been on but it's also simultaneously been on making money because we want to liberate ourselves economically from the current situation that we've been in mm -hmm. and so of course the focus then comes on money financial security and stability and having the financial means to be able to do things in a literal physical sense yeah. when you don't have that you don't have the real ability to be able to do all the things that you'd want to be doing. And That's right. Yeah. And so we started focusing very much on how can we get money? How can we get money? As the you know, Let's get money. Let's get money. Let's get money. As opposed to going, how can we generate value? Because I think money, we were looking at money as the kind of cause of happiness, the cause of us living life on our own terms. But it's, it's more so the effect, yeah. I think. And I think that was kind of one of the realizations was money is the effect of the value that we generate. Money is not the the effect of living. Money is like the physical representation of the value that you're contributing, in a, in a real honest sense. Yeah. It's it's you you create value for and you exchange that value and you get money in return. So money is not it, it, it's not the effect of the uh, sorry it's not the cause of the work that you do. It's the effect of the value that you create. Yeah. And I think we were looking at money as a cause instead of looking at it as an effect. And so when you're doing anything, when you're looking at the, you're trying to achieve the cause of anything, well, it's kind of not possible because that's the cause, right? You're, you're trying to, you want to achieve an effect. Yeah. And in order to achieve an effect, well, you need to figure out what the cause of that effect is yeah. and then go to the cause. Yeah. And so I think we're, when we're trying to focus on achieving a cause, well, I think we're missing the point. Yeah. And money's not coming because if we're looking at money as the generator of whatever comes after that, well, I think our focus is on the wrong in the wrong area. Yeah. I hope this is making sense. And so, if money is the if money is the effect, what's the cause of it? Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, yeah, it's value. Value. Creating value, creating something valuable that so you can exchange. Exchange for money. Yeah. And so we were we were talking about that and going, okay, if we're focusing on money. I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. Mm. We need to focus on what, how we can create value and provide value and then the money comes from that. So, it's like all the work that we were looking at doing, the whole point of it was to make money. Yeah. The whole point wasn't to create value in itself. Yeah. The whole point was to try and make money from it. And so, if we were looking at how can we make money from this, we weren't thinking about how this, what this represents was of value in itself. And so, I, we were, obviously, we're trying to figure out ways to create create work yeah. for ourselves, but we're not creating the work so that it can provide real value. Yeah. We're creating the work so that we can get money from it. Yeah. And so, when that's the kind of, when that's the focus yeah. and that's the mindset, I don't think it's something that's going to be conducive to actually making money well, in a weird sense. Obviously, it didn't work mm. because I didn't get money. You didn't get money from what we were doing, even though like we, I wanted to feel a value because, you know, I lost my job and, you know, there's a lot of people who are deemed non-essential. So, you're, you begin to feel not, not valuable to society. 
So of course it's going to impact on you. You're going to want to feel as, I mean, I know I did, I wanted to feel as valuable as possible. So I went to every single thing that I could, you know, that could, that crossed me that I was like, Oh, value that I find value in it. Therefore it's going to, yeah, give give me, it's going to, I'm, I'm going to use that. And then I want to make money out of, out of it. Still not focusing on the value, focusing on the money. So it's that, yeah, that really dangerous mindset. Value has two parties, right? You've got the person that creates the value and the person that wants the value. Yeah. And it's like value is kind of what arises when there's that mutual, that mutual transaction. When you have one person that makes something and another person that sees that created thing as valuable is going, hey, that's cool. Oh, that, that is yeah. very handy. That helps me out, whatever. That's where, you know, you need yeah. two parties. The two parties, yeah. You need the creator and the receiver, that's essentially, right. in order for the kind of value to be generated. And I think that when you're focusing solely on money, you're not caring about the other person making money. You're caring about you making money. Yeah. So, in that sense, you're like, all right, how can I make money for me? Yeah. And so, when money is the end, the thing that you're solely trying to strive towards, it's it's like your focus is on, on only one half of that transaction. Yeah. But when you're focusing on value, it's not simply just about you and what you want to create. Because I think we've been obviously trying to figure out what our passion is, what we want to do so that we can we can focus on that and we can feel really good in our work. But if there's no market for it, if there's no other half of the equation for it, well then nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And so we're moving we're moving into this into this space now I think where we've sort of had that realization going okay, we're focusing on the one half of the equation. If we're talking about creating value, then we need to understand who wants what? Who wants to receive what? Where is there an actual gap for it, you know? And why are we the ones to fill it? Yeah. Cuz I was even for my work, you know, I'm looking at writing and, and creating and reading and I want to empower myself to do what I love. I love reading and information. I love writing and all that kind of stuff and yeah. ideas and all that riffraff. And so, I'm really excited about the prospect of being able to read essentially and take that information and create something from it. Yeah. But it's like, how am I going to portray that information that's going to set me apart from anyone else? Yeah. You know, because I can read Aristotle and I can read, you know, f- further down the track. I can read about, you know, the, the Enlightenment philosophers and beyond and then I can write about them. But people have already done that. Yeah. And what makes me think that I'm going to do a better job? If it's and, already out there and you're learning from them. And I'm learning from them, right? So, so I'm not going to try and compete with them. No. I've got to create a different playing field. Yeah, find the gap. I've got to find the gap a little bit. And I think I've got a few ideas about how I can do that. So exciting. it's exciting. You know, I, I didn't post on Substack last week. I'm probably not going to this week. I need a little bit more time. I've bought a few more books. <laughs> so I've got to wait for them to rock up because I wasn't able to buy them. I had to get them online. Yeah. So they haven't even been shipped yet. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> I, I did buy a book called uh, My Grammar and I. Now that was like all over Robinson's. And I'm like, you know, what? it's probably handy to learn to learn that stuff again. Yeah. So I've got a couple of grammar books. So I'm trying to <laughs> brush up on my my uh, my grammar knowledge and all that so I can write coherent sentences. So I've got a few things I'm kind of working on in the meantime with that. But and you're having fun with it. Yes, very much so. But the, the point is that creating value in our sense, in a unique sense, where's the gap, right? The where can we actually service service any sort of any gap where value can actually be generated and provided? And so obviously anything in, in general, right? If we're going if we're looking to create value for people and if we're looking to provide a service or a product that people are going to enjoy and appreciate, ultimately we're going to be driven by our desire to make money from it. Yes. You know? It's it's not simply obviously it's ideal too if we're passionate about what we're doing, you know. But if it's our thing, if it's our baby, if it's infused with our values, we're going to appreciate doing it. Yeah. But also, yeah, we need to make money from it. We want to make a profit from it so that we can actually live and we can benefit from our own work and the value that we've generated. And so that's that. However, still is a byproduct of the value that we've been able to create. And so that's where just having that sort of realization and switching from, okay, let's let's not think about necessarily making money now. I've got a job that provides, so we don't have to focus wholly and solely on making money itself, yeah. but where's the value that we can actually create and provide? And so that was a really interesting sort of conversation that we were having. Yeah, was. Yeah. So did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, no, you covered it really well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that sort of makes sense. <laughs> that makes, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've spoken about it. So, for me, I understand it. So, to move into the next part, I'll quickly just touch back on what I mentioned just before. So, yeah. with the going internally spiritual thing. So, we don't have the physical kind of means to be able to do what we want. Well, then, okay, we need to still so- find find a way to feel satisfied and content with the life that we are living. And that kind of 
forces us to go internally. If the external world can't be sort of accessed in an economic sense, obviously that's a very huge part of it, having the means to be able to access the external world. (laughs) Well, then you go for fulfillment internally or you spiral down into a pretty horrible nihilistic state of being. Mm -hmm. So we didn't go that route. We went the kind of healthier route of going, you know, that internal sort of phase. And just quick side note on that. I I think uh, especially through the pandemic, a lot of people found their faith. Yeah. And I think that that was actually probably a really big part of it was that having the external world closed off to you, I think that that put a lot of people back in touch with their internal worlds. Mm. And I think that that played a large role in actually bringing, I guess, God back into people's lives yeah. and in ta- p- turning uh, to your faith, turning to your internal world, the spiritual world, the non-material world. Because yeah. it's like when you're not satisfied externally, well, then, yeah, like I said, you're either left to spiral downwards into this nihilistic kind of everything is meaningless, like life sucks, exist- experience and existence is shit ass. Or you go into this, no, there's fulfillment to be to be you know, taken from other areas of life mm. and then you go internally. But anyway, so we moved into that sort of internal internal uh, world of ours and developed ourselves in a more spiritual sense and yeah. deepened, deepened ourselves that way. An understanding of ourselves too and what we wanted life to be and our principles and our values. And- Absolutely. Yeah. And that really, I think, emphasised for you, especially at the start and then developed as we've gone through that process up until this point, a lot of those more internal or esoteric spiritual uh, modalities, yeah. right? So that lady with theta, energy medicine, your astrology, your tarot, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So that really, while I was going off to work still, that, was, that left you with those kind of things because yeah. you're trying to figure out what you can do. Mm. And so when you're, tra- when you're finding value internally, you're looking for modalities that, I guess, emphasize that type of faithful, spiritual, internal work. Entirely, right? yeah. And that obviously, logically, leads you into that sort of area. And that was something that, obviously, at the time, you were finding a lot of value in because it was helping you get through yeah. uh, what was a really difficult time. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was really difficult. And I had a realization a couple of days ago um, and I was actually talking to my sister and it kind of came out, but it was the first time I said it, but I don't think she realized I just kind of said it because it was coming to me that I think what, because at the moment, like, like you said, um, our last podcast, um, I'm very like, I can't, I'm just cringing and looking at all my, all the work, the cards, the, everything. I, I can't even look on Instagram anymore on the things that I follow, like the human design stuff and all of that. It's like, it makes me sick. And I was like, this is really weird. Cause it's like a, a switch that kind of flicked off and it was all because I, I, all of that came to me at a time where I was very, yeah, moving very internally in my world so that I didn't have to really know the or experience the full brunt of the physical reality that we were living in. It was too painful. It was so painful, way too painful. And I know I knew myself well enough that if I didn't keep myself busy, um, with anything that I would fall into depression and it happened every now a little bit a little bit there and then but I caught it obviously because I was very conscious of it and I knew that I had to keep myself busy to avoid myself going down that down that road and that path so the other day I was talking to my sister and I was explaining I just like I just don't I can't look at my work I can't because I feel like it all was literally just for survival it was all just to keep me alive it was to keep me busy so i didn't so i didn't realize the truth and the gravity of the situation that was happening of you know like being in lockdown sucked but if i didn't stay busy if i didn't find interest in tarot in astrology in human design in energy medicine in energy healing in crystals in like plants in uh, essential oils in like i had to keep moving from one thing to the next probably why like i said i think i was like i don't want to seem flaky but it was all all i was doing was literally keeping myself alive i was in survival mode with all of that work and that realization was pretty huge and it kind of knocked me a bit because if I, it makes so much sense because only I wanted it. Only I wanted to, to, to create a bit a work, a business out of it, but no one else asked that of me. No one else wanted, it. obviously I didn't have many clients um, and it didn't work that way. You know, I wanted to create a business out of it, but it wasn't for me to make a business. It was, it was a tool merely to keep me alive it was a coping mechanism it was a coping mechanism 
And that was really hard to kind of like hear myself say because it's, and it's not that I don't believe in any of it. I still believe in everything. It kept me alive. It created meaning in myself. I found what I, what I was capable of, how connected I am to, to energy and how powerful energy is and how I, how I function, how I move, like using, utilizing all of it. So that, of course there was incredible value that I found in it, whether or not someone else or other people found, found value in it, different story. And obviously there wasn't enough because I don't, I didn't have a lot of clients and it didn't happen that way. It was all for me to keep me alive in a very, very difficult time. That was like, what, two and a bit years two and a half nearly three years of that and that's it, it, probably why I was just like I don't want to do it anymore and it's probably why that I'm like I'm not supposed to do it anymore because I'm not no longer in survival mode like the baby came the new job came the house came all within a week so that was like whiplash and I mean, a lot of the things that we were we were obviously trying to we're trying to create our own income so that we could achieve those goals. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yes, the baby comes along, and rapidly we've got to make decisions. And we made those decisions, and very like within within a week, yeah, we'd secured all those things, right? And after having gone you know, 12, 18 months of really struggling to try and generate the thing that's going to get us that, <laughs> and then it happens like that within a week. Yeah. And then it kind of so you you've rattled out of that kind of that reality that that world as you knew it because it's no longer the, the yeah, struggles you're yeah. kind of liberated from the struggle in a sense. Because remember, I told you I said you know we had a couple of weird days. We're like, what is this? And it's like I don't. I think it's because we don't have to worry anymore about money. Not not in obviously we're always going to have to worry about money, but not worrying so much. Like you've got consistent income now. And it's not something that, you know, we don't, we don't have to have that struggle that we've had over the last two and two and a half years. Well, it's not a, it's not a pure, pure raw like, survival, no. um, you know, struggle. We're now. not survival anymore. And when you, when it snaps out of your life like that and you awaken to like, I felt like, again, I was like shocked out of a dream and out of illusion being like, like the veil just dropped in front of me. I was like all lifted. Um, whichever way it goes but and I think I, I I got I got sick and I got totally just whiplashed from everything and I was like what does this mean like what's happening now because this is something different something that I'm not familiar with and it's just like not being worried about money and it's this really unusual surreal feeling of great change and knowing that we're okay but actually feeling that we're okay not just knowing that in the in, we will be it's like we are okay mm. and ha- not having that the intensity the intense pressure of not knowing when our next income when the income's going to come from where the next paycheck how the next paycheck's going to be um paid and all of these things kind of like that's not there anymore well, every decision was being made based on you know, the economic, the likelihood of economic reimbursement, or yeah. whether whether in the short term or in the long term, because obviously we, when we didn't have anything coming in, or we didn't know, like you said, we didn't have any certainty around or stability in an economic sense. Yeah. It's kind of every decision has to become very deliberate and very intentional towards some kind of economic end, yeah. and then when that is becomes very, like in an instant that becomes superfluous that struggle yeah. that that constant tension of existing in a Lift. very in a very uh economically unstable sense when that's all of a sudden lifted you kind of are thrown out into a void a little bit where you go everything that we've done up until this moment that was that was done based on these premises premises and in this in this particular situation is no longer it's, it's no longer a worry and it wasn't like it was a gradual move out of it. No. It was a rapid sort of shift, like yeah. throwing off a cliff kind of thing. Yeah. And now it's like, we're stable. Everything's okay. We can do what we need. And now all of a sudden that pressure's gone. And so all everything that came along with that, everything that was a part of that pressure has all of a sudden become depressurized. And so I guess while it was, while all the pressure was being put into it, everything was put into it, it was meaningful in a sense that- this is going to be, this will have to be the way that we make money. And now all of a sudden it's not, we're making money from a completely different, in a different way and yeah. we're comfortable now and we're a lot more settled and stable. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, 
everything's sort of changed now. And with that pressure taken out of it, perhaps it's easier to become separated from it, detached from it. And like you said, to see it in the light of a coping coping mechanism or a way to kind of for us to both get through. I don't think uh, it's to forsake any of it though, of course. I don't think it's to say this isn't for us because I- I still, everything that I went through uh, with my stuff, I'm still like what the conclusion I came to, even regardless of this massive shift for us, what I want to do going forward, I still want to do it. I'm still really excited to do it. And now that the pressure has been taken away from it, the financial pressure is taken away from it, it kind of just liberates a little, a little bit. And so, I can actually look at it as more of a hobby and something I can actually enjoy and devote some time to yeah. as opposed to going, I've got to quickly get it out and have, have it like a whole body of work done instantly so that I can potentially have a better chance at, you know, <laughs> employment in that particular field or, or getting subscribers up so that I can get paid. And that's all gone now. So, it releases the pressure significantly for me. But I'm still really excited and I'm really appreciative for my part what I've gone through for this last, you know, yeah, well, let's say 12 months because it's easy to just say that, but beyond obviously, but particularly the last 12 months and especially since we've been doing the podcast and what we've gone through since starting this, I'm really grateful to it because it ha- it did get me to this really good point where now I can do what I need to do to make sure we're stable and we're good. But then on the side, there's plenty of time for me to be able to do what I want to do. Yeah. And so, that's really exciting. But for you, it's kind of completely shifted everything because because yours was like an entire way of being. And but and it's also because I think it, your, yours is probably more deeply rooted than mine because you had you lost your job very quickly when the pandemic started, mm. and you had basically from March twenty twenty through to well now yeah. not having it, but it was March twenty twenty until September twenty twenty one that you were by yourself during the day because I was still working during that period, yeah. Yeah. so you had a lot more alone time where I didn't. And so, when you have that alone time, I guess you kind of are a lot more introspective and you go a lot more internally. Uh, yeah, you go a lot more internal. Yeah. It was – I did. I did experience a, a, a depth of me that I don't think I ever would have experienced had I not have done the work or had been interested in that. But there was – I remember when the pandemic hit, we went to the first lockdown Um. I knew, I go, this, the the only thing that we can really rely on is our faith right now to get us out of this. It's all I knew. There wasn't anything physical we could do. We're locked down. We couldn't go out anyway. We couldn't physically do anything. So the only thing that I felt is like the only thing I've got is my faith. And now, and I found it. I found faith not only in God, but I found myself, the faith in myself, faith that I have, I experienced my soul, I experienced my guardian angels and more, just, just the, the, I will never forget, obviously, I don't think I've never, I've forgotten anything that I've experienced because it was so valuable to my existence and my survival that although it was very esoteric it i needed to go there i needed to live in such a spiritual realm to keep me alive because the physical reality was way way too painful like i said i mean that that just make it makes complete sense why so many people would have found their faith in that time because when yeah. the physical world's closed off to you yeah. If there is no other world, if there is no other place that you can go when there's when you can't go anywhere physically, well, then you kind of spiral into this nothingness and meaninglessness, yeah. right? And, and so you, you either you either go in, like you said, you can fall into that depression yeah. and that that shitty Which, place, that horrible place, or obviously you go internally transcend. and you kind of try and transcend it in a spiritual sense, and that's what sort of you had to do. That's what a lot of people did, and that's yeah. where that faith came in and that belief in the non-material realm really came in. Uh, to to really help get through that sort of tough time, but it does it deepens that element of your experience, and so it makes total sense. Like I was saying, that the for you the outward manifestations of that were your interests, your passions in that particular area in that particular work. Yeah, and so you know, obviously, as we come out of it, and we're all of a sudden now, uh, I guess, liberated from those because we. While, again, the world remains sort of closed off to us in an economic sense, then we're still having to try and go internally to locate the thing that's going to liberate us externally. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, in a, by a completely different avenue, we have an ex- we, something happens. 
you know, we, we find out we're pregnant and then we have to make rapid decisions Material and those decisions. massive decisions shifted everything in, a, in an external sense for us. And now everything we'd gone into internally for or had been going internally to try and locate was now everything was all catered to. Yeah. And so we're liberated. We're liberated from those shackles. And so now it's kind of, that's probably why you've had the space to be able to come to the realization of what a lot of that was for you. As well, like, like I don't know if, if I said it, I probably have, um, that this is a very physical experience that I'm having with being pregnant. Like I'm, it's not, it's not like spiritual, it's a physical experience that I'm having. So, and it's something I can't avoid. And I think that's what woke me up to the illusion of, or the coping mechanism, the realization that that was all. Um, and I'm like, I literally, I don't, I don't know how long, obviously I wasn't meant to be in there forever because I knew there was, that's why I couldn't see what it is that I was doing. Remember I, had, I was like, what is it that I'm doing for the rest of my life? I couldn't see it. Mm. I couldn't see what I was doing in that room. I couldn't see the work I was doing because I was so closed off to it because I was so, it was still, I was still in the illusion. I was still in my, I was still coping with, with life because it was too painful. And, you know, I know we weren't, we probably haven't been the most pleasant to talk to because we've had this experience has been so traumatic. I don't, I don't blame anyone for not wanting to talk to us because we probably are downers. But, you know, that was our experience. And it's it was really hard to think that life could be better than it is. And, you know, I had to convince myself that it can be, it can be, and it will be. It just isn't yet because like look what we're going through it's just one thing after the other globally you know this is what we're going through it's a huge shift in history that you know a lot of people aren't really going to remember that this was that they were a part of it because a lot of people are still um you know going along with you know they think this is okay they think everything just was necessary and whereas there was another um, part of the another percentage who were really struck and broke from broke from their own illusion going wait 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 what wait what's mm. going on this is this isn't doesn't feel right and then everyone had to kind of go in their survival mode you know it's, it's been unbelievable like the last couple of years especially particularly um i think since the 2016 us presidential election sure. when a lot of the veil fell off when you when you really a lot of people started to, for me that was really when i started to realize just how much even the external environment, like reality itself, can be shaped. It's it's shaped by those who are able, who have the the institutional positions yeah. to create the veil, to create perceptions of reality. Yeah. The media is a huge one. Yeah. The media that you watch, the information that you get has a huge influence on you in terms of shaping how you view the world. And so being a lot more discerning, becoming a lot more discerning about where you get your information from, who you listen to and for what reason – that, that those make huge shifts. If you're still, if you're not paying attention or if you're not aware of the biases or the, the perceptions, the, the agenda that's being put on you when, with the, with all media that you listen to and you watch, yeah. you know, you, you very rapidly become, I, I guess, a, wouldn't say a victim, but you start to unconsciously espouse the values without really realizing what it is that you're, you're espousing, yeah. you know, that really broke for me. That p- perspective of reality broke for me. That the media perspective broke for me. You know, through education, through schooling, you, you get brought up with this certain morality. You get used to this idea of how the world works, how it functions, all that kind of stuff. Now, Trump kind of broke the media, and a lot of the perception that the media had built the the world up on kind of all fell apart with him. <laughs> Love him or hate him, doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, it fractured everything. And it threw everything into this kind of disarray. Mm. And it, we're still reeling from that. Yeah. And then the pandemic happens. And it's like you've got all these different perspectives on reality that are in completely shifting us in all these different directions. And it is terrifying. Yeah. But it's like the, the point is to it's, – it's helped me to become a lot more discerning about what I listen to and why I sort of listen to it and whether or not you sort of take it on board and what you're paying attention to and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so consciously taking consciously taking in the information because like yeah I mean external reality like if we look out the window right now we can see what there is yeah like there objectively right there in front of us like that's one thing go outside smell the fresh air it's really nice but then there's also your worldview which is you, you want it to try and be as conscious a construction as possible as individual and unique to you as possible but 
obviously, when you've got those institutions that are able that wield the influence that shapes the way you think about the world, obviously, that's going to also have a huge impact on the way you view the external environment around you. And so, breaking away from that, I think that during the pandemic as well, really uh, shattered the veil, I think, when that came up for, for people. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, it's it's also not only do you have to go internally as well because the external world kind of feels like it's closed off from you, <laughs> but you also kind of have to go internally because you need to have these massive value readjustments and go, shit, yeah. everything I believed, everything I believed now is thrown into doubt. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I believe anymore because yeah. if, if I can't all of a sudden believe everything, you know, if, if this that I've, I've trusted my information, yeah. if I've trusted all of that up until this point and now all of a sudden my trust is shaken, how do I know, you know, if, if they've been shown up to be pushing a mistruth or an, or an untruth or anything in this particular area, what else have they been doing? Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden you everything lose you lose trust happens. in nearly everything. Yeah. And then you kind of have to go internally to figure out, okay, all right, what if I can't I believe what I'm being told, okay, I, I need believe? to I need to go and understand what I believe. Yeah. And I think that also was a driving force that pushed us internally as well. So yeah. there's like numerous different there's factors. So many, yeah, there's there so many so different many things. Different so that we could go internally so that we can more consciously consciously build up our idea of the world instead of being told what the what is happening exactly. around the world. Exactly. And then it's really hard because you do that, you work really hard, you know, you, you really consciously create something and then you, you just constantly denigrate it for it, yeah. for having that different perspective. And it's been, it was, uh, it, it still is, it still is really difficult. You know? It still is very difficult to have discussions and to talk about stuff because, yeah, I mean, we just had the Victorian election here and it's, and it's, it's, it, it's very interesting to see what the outcome has become, has been, mm. because it's like, wow, you know, everyone truly did have a certain experiences during the last couple of years and it really showed i feel like really it's really shown, shown up the majority as with well. with uh with the elections and um yeah i mean very very sort of interesting uh very interesting times but i think i don't regret anything that's happened to us mm-hmm. because it's helped us to go internally develop ourselves internally and then we approach the external world i think with a more conscious internal approach to our values and our principles and all that stuff that was a big thing, right? To be able to stand on your moral principles that you've consciously selected yourself and to stand up for them and to be able to stand up for them in a material way yeah. and to sacrifice everything you knew for what you now believe so strongly in yourself is such a liberating thing to do. Mm. And for us, like, yeah, it completely, it threw us externally into this complete shell, into this massive sort of uh, introspective place where we were in a tent. And we had to sort of start again from scratch, but we got to start again from scratch with these conscious values and principles that we were able to select. We, we ourselves were experiencing and that we were able to act on. Mm. And that's our experience. That's different for everybody. A lot of people were able to do this, to do that, you know, regardless of whatever side of the aisle you come from, from whatever your beliefs are, regardless of all that, you know, if you're able to stay consistent to your own beliefs, then fantastic, more power to you. It doesn't matter what choice you've made. If you believe in it. As long as it's empowered. That's it. That's right. And I think that that's, that's been a massive thing for us has getting through it and then really understanding the importance of that individual empowerment which is what we want to obviously encourage and to like to give people the the power in themselves to be mm. able to make their own decisions and feel comfortable and confident in themselves right yeah. and that's a huge part of what we've what we've come into for ourselves and what we want to obviously be a part of creating externally and so I, I, this has kind of become a big waffly tangent I don't exactly know where it kind of fits in everything but just to quickly tie it back or come back I should say not tie it back how do you feel in yourself and with going forward, having had that sort of realization of what the last few years and your work has meant to you? Um, it, it is a bit liberating because I've felt um, at some point, uh, there's been a few points and I think it's all captured on there. <laughs> it's all captured on um, the podcast uh, when I was like, I've just had enough. I can't do it anymore. It is too difficult. It is too exhausting. I can't do it. I cannot have, I, how much more will I take until I just say it's time to let it go? And I knew that that was coming from an honest place. Um, I just was absolutely terrified to let it go because I didn't trust that there was something else um, there for me. But now I've been forced to see it because I feel like 
I, I can't even I can't even look at my Instagram anymore. Like I have to go through it and I have to unfollow because it's that tr- it's that like I'm already nauseous because <laughs> of the pregnancy, but I there is a huge sh- this a huge shift has just occurred where it's like yeah, the veil has totally been lifted and I can now see that everything I was doing was for survival. And I am not going to put my continue to do that um, in that same way anyway. Whether it whether it comes back to me later down the track or not, um, I have to thank it for the role that it played, which was to keep me alive, <laughs> keeping me alive. Which is um, one of you know obviously I cannot be more grateful for um, the part of me that was inspired to to stay alive rather than, you know, because that's if I truly felt that the world was an unlivable place, you know, then, you know, would have I wouldn't be here. But that wasn't true. I, I, was ta- I was being taught that there is purpose, that this is all for a reason, that all, everything that um, we are experiencing is for the benefit of a new world, a new earth, as Eckhart Tolle says, and you can feel it. You can feel that, yeah, you know what, we do have to go through a crisis and chaos in order to kind of come back to water. I think what a lot of it did, again, it, it, it shattered a lot of illusions. Yeah. And I guess when illusions are shattered, you get to more directly deal with reality well, itself. Like already being awakened to the fact that after my external world then and then being awoken to the fact that I was so in my spiritual world, yeah, that, you know, I was like, it, it, was it real? Was Was that something that was real or was it was I in a dream was I existing like what you know but I didn't it didn't actually haunt me um as much as I thought it would because when I said it I was like you know expecting me to myself to break down and all this stuff but <laughs> mm-hmm. it, I didn't it actually felt really liberating because I'm like I am allowed to not do it yeah because no one's asking it of me well I guess because you're holding up you're not only you're not only trying to hold up or make work the the work itself Right, but yeah. it's it's you're you're holding up the the point of that work, which was to help you survive. Yeah, you're holding up your own existence, like your own survival, on your shoulders, and it's like th- that's like carrying the the weight, the burden of existence itself on your shoulders. On your shoulders. But it's it's not it's not even existence in that in a liberating like yes, I'm alive sense. It's no. that it's you're you're trying to stave off your own death. Yeah, it's like it's that fatalistic ex- existence. It's not this this it life wasn't. loving, life giving existence itself. Yeah. It was that kind. You're you were, you're holding your own death upon your shoulders, yeah. and I think it's it's potentially that liberating yourself from that that fatalism. Yeah, and you know, being pregnant, there's my priorities have changed. Um, there's something more important at stake now. It's probably why I'm eating better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm feeding myself with with good nourishing foods, creative foods. I'm being very creative. Um, that's probably all I watch at the moment is food reels, <laughs> but like really good food meals, like nothing, not like, not like the cheap and nasty. It's like high quality gourmet, <laughs> <laughs> homemade bread and that kind of thing. Um, so there is something new happening and I can feel that this new shift is kind of coming in for my benefit, for the baby's benefit, for your benefit, for our benefit and for our future, exactly what I see in our future, that vision. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the sort of next step. And we'll kind of move on quickly to that this Sorry, yeah. last sort of thing. But just quickly, I, I want to say too, it's not to forsake the the spirituality itself, right? Like, because I'm really interested too in like, where is the new age spirituality all come from? What's it all rooted in? How, you know, to, to make sure that we're not actually, our beliefs aren't fueled no. by something negative yeah. without realizing what, but like, just, just, just quickly, it's, the, I think that a lot of the issue with the spirituality in the same kind of sense that there's issues with religion too is that a lot of it can be so abstract. It can be so abstract that if you get if you get lost in it, <coughs> it's it it kind of doesn't it doesn't make you <coughs> sorry. It doesn't like give you the real boost for life itself that you're mm-hmm. currently experiencing. A lot of it I feel as though, it takes you away from what you're going through right now 
Because maybe it is, but maybe because of the coping mechanism, maybe because it's too painful right now to deal with. So you mm. go into the interior, the internal world, or the life of the world to come, the yeah. existence in a world that is to come, an afterlife kind of thing. Because it's like you're suffering right now; it's too difficult to bear. It's all right. You can you can seek solace in the fact that either what you can't bear, like that's unjust. Reality itself is unjust. So go internally so that you can justify your own suffering and figure out a way to kind of get around it in a spiritual sense. Yeah. So that that way you can find calm and comfort in the fact that of existence and you can continue to weather the suffering because you're going through the world in a more internal sense as yeah, opposed to dealing with what's external. there externally or you go okay there's another world to come my suffering that that world to come justifies my suffering in this life sure. and so a lot of a lot of the issue becomes so abstract like that where you're not actually doing anything to adjust your external reality you're kind of succumbing to it yeah. and you're not making this life any better for yourself you're kind of you're operating on the faith that the suffering that you're experiencing in this life or it's the hardship that you're going through is worth it for for some spiritually or religiously abstract thing. Heaven. Heaven, sure. About. Yeah. Oh, heaven, for sure. Yeah. You know, the kingdom come, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think that it, it doesn't, doesn't mean to kind of come awaken to that those concepts and go okay let's do away with all of it because i think what what the spirituality that and the introspection that we've gone through for the last couple of years has done for us is it's helped us to be more conscious about our own value selection what we're what we're doing what we're putting into ourselves in terms of information yeah i mean food our values (laughs) what we stand upon and what's important to us and it gives us those that are more concrete abstract foundation for us to be able to go what do we really want? What are we really about? What makes us tick? Yeah. And it also for you, or for both of us, but through you and the work that you were interested in, it helped to go, okay, what serves me? What doesn't serve me? What am I holding on to that is holding me back? Yeah. Like it has helped to highlight a lot of those more internal things that you wouldn't pay attention to if you were only living materially or in, a, in the physical sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll say like I was co- it was a coping mechanism, but I was also being productive mm. in the same sense. Like I wasn't just like if it was a co- if it was in a negative sense, I would have fallen into depression, and I would have been really horrible to be around. Mm. But I made sure that I I didn't put that on anyone. That's why I did keep my distance from a lot of people, a lot of friends and family, because I knew I had to unconsciously, but it was because of that, because I was feeling so, I was, I was in that illusion. I was like, no, I have to, I have to keep myself alive because if I say the truth, then it's not only, it's going to freak everyone out. Probably it's going to freak me out if I really come to the realization. Um, And I, I won't get better. Well, I, I don't a, think- I was protecting myself as well. Well, I don't- I, I think it's probably going to come about now because you have been liberated externally. That's right. So it's and like so now, it's, you've been, you're able now to to come to that realisation. Because all of everything's like materially is happening, like, um, or physically at least. Like I've got the baby. It's a physical thing that's happening to my body. I've had a very physical experience, which I haven't had in a very long time, probably before the pandemic, before March 2020, when before I had my job, I was living- I was out you know i was in in the material world whereas um you know then we weren't Mm. i wasn't in the in the for the next three years because obviously you know i had to i was internally but now that i've been like kind of awakened and shaken to my physical body i'm paying more attention to it now because i have to i've got a baby we're gonna have a future like we're gonna have we have a house now we've got money all the material stuff all the physical stuff that i'm experiencing now which when it when an equilibrium kind of when there's a balance of both spiritual and material because I, I think the, I'm I've, I've been forgetting to kind of do my spiritual routines or um, routines uh, rituals in the morning so I've because I've forgotten to do that it's I, I need to like I have to allow that to kind of come in slowly because we've been hit with like material, 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 physical, 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 physical. That's been the priority. That's been the most um, accentuate. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, like, it's it's like there's multiple different pathways into that kind of spiritual stuff. It depends how you it's look just at finding my own, like everything that I've learned over the last um, say three years or predominantly. Oh, uh, the first two, the first year was pretty tough. But when I really honed and really wanted to. Um, like everything that I learned wasn't for nothing. It was productive. And I know that it's going to come back and weave itself back into my life per- in my own personal way because we didn't have the physical stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I get it. 
I get it, you know, but it's you not, might not necessarily go back into the spiritual stuff, right? As, I'm not, in not saying in work. No, no, no. Related. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying even when you're saying your sort of routine, your ritual in the morning, right? That might change now because the way that you look at the spiritual stuff, it might not be what it was. It could be something like simply meditating or it could be finding that real internal joy from perhaps new work that you're looking at doing, sure. you know? So it's it's everything's kind of different now. It's it's really it's it's going to be fascinating to see kind of going forward from this point, mm. just how how different life is kind of going to be from us. I just want I just wanted to quickly make the point though that it's not to forsake everything that we've gone through and to necessarily backtrack over everything that we've shared and talked about. But it's again as we go through different experiences and we have different realizations and we share those things do change. We do change in our opinions. We do change in our perspectives. One thing that has remained constant for me absolutely is that I believe that everything that you believe generally speaking, should inspire action because I think that's where that's where life itself is. It's in creation. It's in creativity. You know, yeah, creation in a religious sense, sure, but also in a, in a non-religious sense, like actually getting creative and and birthing something new into the world. And it's, yeah, babe, it's funny that you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a new life. It's new creation. It's a new it's a new th- direction for us that we're going in now and it's completely shifted everything. That was the impetus for so much of this change for us, right? And it's it's probably no coincidence that it is literally the creation of life itself that has created a new direction for us. Mm. And so that for me that I've, I've always sort of maintained is that your beliefs, whether they're spiritual, religious, secular, anything like that, the, to be, I think, to, to garner the most healthiest experience, the most alive experience is to... Your, is for your beliefs to generate actions, to be not impotent when it comes to what you should do, but to be to help fuel action itself. Because I think it's it's through action, it's through creation that you actually come alive. And then when you come alive and you're living in this experience, I, I feel like that is where that's where you're going to really actually love life and you're going to live a good empowered life. Mm. And so if spiritual beliefs, if religion, if any any sort of faith or any of that helps to inspire action, then I think it's it's an absolutely it's a productive, it's a beautiful thing. Mm, absolutely. And I'm I'm completely I'm completely on board with it. It's mm. get rid of the things that no longer serve. I could get, get like I continue to sort of do. And that's, you know, that's a very important spiritual aspect of life is to be able to go introspective to go internally and say what no longer serves me, what works, what doesn't work, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And that's something that we've learned to do, learned how to do yeah. over the last few years. And I think it's an incredibly important thing to be able to do in life. Yeah, it helps you make one decision to the next. Yeah. And well, I mean, to go, I guess, just briefly, because I mean, we don't need to dedicate a lot of time to this part anyway, because it was only a today thing that came up. But it, it could potentially have led into something new for you, like a new kind of inspiration that came up today. We went to High Point Shopping Center today mm-hmm. just to kind of get away because I'll get paid again um, next uh, during the week. So, we're going to go to the shopping center and buy some new clothes. <laughs> so, we're like, all right, we'll go today and anyway, just spend a little bit of time and uh, just have a look around, get some inspiration, whatever, so you can have an idea that when we go, whenever we go during the week, that you can know exactly what you want to get. And there wasn't really anything all that nice. And No, I was really disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I'm not always like thrilled, but... You know, I remember last when I went for my birthday, I couldn't really find anything. I had like, I how much did I have? Like $150 or something dollars to spend. And I, I think you bought a jumper or something. I bought a, yeah, and when I think, which was the only thing that I think it was on sale as well. <laughs> so it wasn't even a new item. And I was like, wow, there's really nothing out here at all. Yeah. And I'm like, Zara's even becoming more like mainstream like it's kind of looking the same as glasses and cotton on and they're all kind of getting their own like the same look i'm like what is going on like that's not zara (laughs) zara is a you know i love i love it because it's it's you know european style it's the (laughs) something that you don't get here but it's just yeah i was like wow nothing's nothing's weird anymore (laughs) nothing's unique nothing's it's just kind of the same stuff Mm -hmm. i was a bit disappointed and i'm like all right like, do I have to, does this mean that I have to make my own clothes and become my own designer? And then that's just inspiration that's kind of come up Interesting. again. Yeah. Because I've been making clothes before and I'm wearing my clothes right now that I've made. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, it's just having that reason to do it. Because, I mean, I've been, oh, my God, you know, you know how much I've been trying to find inspiration for clothes. I'm like, I want to just, you know, look online and stuff. Not one thing that I really want. Like what is what's happening to fashion? What's happening to design? What's happening to creativity? 
Well, it's potentially push pushing you into a into something that you into could into a niche. Yeah. Well, because also another thing that we've learned over the last you know year or so is to try and keep what you're doing as organically part of your routine as possible, yeah. or something that you're already doing. How can you implement what you're already doing, your interests, and, and yeah. utilize those? In the yeah. work that you're doing, so that that way it becomes more sustainable and more longer lasting. You've yeah. always had a had a passion for fashion. Oh my God, please don't ever say that. <laughs> oh my God, so cringy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. You've always had a lust for anyway. Fashion. They, they get it. Yep. And um, and yeah, so this would oh, be well, like yeah, a, another way that you could potentially stay in touch with that. I've always just felt like you know, even actually, there's another part of um the. Uh, my coping mechanism or my adventures of um, educating myself on other things. And I was going through color theory, you know, color theory in fashion, color theory with makeup and haircuts and fashions, uh, what's it called, silhouettes and how to like dress to your body shape and stuff because I've always believed that you don't dress to the trends, you dress to your body shape. Mm. That is what really is um, your best, like that. that's how everyone should dress, to their body shape, not to – um, like yeah, the fashion trends because it just doesn't work. You can see like you know those girls that kind of wear all the same dress, and then they're all different shapes and sizes, and it probably only suits one girl. Yeah. It probably has the hourglass figure because that's probably the that's the shape that they t- tailor to. They're not gonna they're not gonna tailor to other hmm. other shapes, and it's important, and that's what brings our uniqueness and individually individuality out, mm. and brings us and we're more comfortable. Because we feel better, because we look better, and you can see, you can accentuate, you know, your, yourself and what you want, your hips and your, you know, whatever you want. It's like, it's it's an art. That's why I've always loved. I've always loved design, good design. I've always loved good design. I hate cheap design. <laughs> Doesn't work. Because it's a good way to still employ the values that we've generated for ourselves over the last period of time and put put it in a very concrete physical sense yeah. bring it bring it right into sort of to reality a <laughs> into a product right i mean that's funny because it's like i keep chopping and changing the sort of the, the products and the service that, like the work and all that kind of stuff but this is something that actually could better incorporate everything the art well, your, it's, it's, your, yeah well that's right i can i can um, print uh, print my own fabrics yep. with my art so there's there's a lot of things that have come around full circle again. I've been, I've been wanting to do my own collection for a, a long time, probably over a decade. You know, I went to uni um, for you know creative was creative direction and styling, but yeah, we did a bit of fashion design there. But it was like it was it was it was more so you know finding your own you know expression, personal expression, and then you know the decade that you know has just been for me. That's all been about finding myself in unique, you know, trying to express yourself in your own unique way, mm. and then having and encouraging that in others too. Like everyone's always been like, oh, you're always wearing something different, or I was complimenting me on what I'm wearing. Not lately because, you know, obviously I was doing spiritual stuff, but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I've always been known for that for having something because I never wanted to wear the same thing twice. I always made sure that I was so just being a, girl a bit thing, creative. Though. No, no, it was like I had to not just, it had to be different. It had mm. to be a different outfit. It had to be a different style. It couldn't be what everyone else had. I had to really right. do something different with it always. Like, so, and I think that going back to it and looking back on it was only just, I wanted to find what my expression is, you know, just to accent that we, we each have our own, we get to decide and choose how we show up in the world, how we express ourselves in the world and not to be afraid of it. That kind of thing. Because I'm like, we all put clothes on. It's like, well, do you love your clothes? Or are you just like, ah, you need a here or there. And then it just kind of, it says a lot about a person. You look, I look at someone and you've got, you know, like you, you'll look at their outfit most of the time and be like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, I do. I don't know if anyone else does that. But it's it's something that you notice about someone. The colours mm. they wear, the if they wear colour or they just wear monochrome. If they wear, like it does say a lot about a person. Of course. It's how you present, yeah. And also um, when I was doing energy medicine and there's a colour there's a thing on color and how color heals us as well. So wearing certain colors actually balances our energies as well. So there's that, that too. If you're drawn to it, like I've been drawn to pink, you know, I had this like pink phase that I was going through and I'm like, you know, you know that I would never really wear pink, mm. but I've just had to have pink because, and then I was learning about that and I'm like, well, it probably need because I needed to be more loving to myself. I needed to really enhance that loving and affection for myself and appreciate myself and be more compassionate to myself. So that's that enhances the heart chakra. Yeah. And then, you know, like and, and other like all the colors mean some stuff. And it's just fascinating. And it's like and we get so afraid to kind of like be wear bold colors. It's like it's actually healing if you really want to wear a color. 
wear it. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, it's so interesting. It, it can keep going. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to jump the gun and put all this, and then, then like <laughs> put all pressure on anything like this, but really uh, interesting, different type of inspiration. And I, I, it's, yeah, I think it's massively suited to you because you're already interested in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. You, you went to uni and you did a portion of your course on it. You've been on Pinterest a lot and you've always kind of on fashion. You're always referencing it. You've always liked to present yourself nicely and, yeah, you know how to sew and, yeah, you're very into art. But it's also the whole thing with individuality as opposed to more of a collective mindset is that in, in fashion, like you said, the way you express yourself through your clothing is very is, is, a, is a massive thing too. And mm-hmm. I, I know myself, I underrate it. I underappreciate it. I, I believe absolutely that it says something, the way you express yourself through your clothes and what you wear does say something about your perspective or a certain outlook. For me, I, a lot of the time I just toss things on because I don't really put a huge amount of value on a lot of that stuff, right? And maybe that's because I, I place value on other things. And so, you can probably tell because I dress plain and it's <laughs> like, oh, well, I don't really have, a, you know, whatever, whatever it sort yeah, of says. Yeah. So, I think that- it, it could mean anything. So, it's like for everyone, it's different. Yeah. Some people don't respect their bodies and they'll just be like, I don't really care. Um, other people, yeah, like you, you have your focus is elsewhere. You're, yeah. You know, and that's it's just simple as that. Um, other people, yeah, just um, need to be seen a certain way. So, they will dress more- uh, extravagantly or put, you know, put more emphasis on their clothes and cover them their truth. There is so many, so many things that we, we're doing to yeah, avoid abs- or enhance or express ourselves. And one of the ways that I guess you can contribute towards that individualism is to, yeah, the way people dress and, yeah. and get, get involved in that kind of thing. And I feel like it, it is a very organic thing. It's based on everything that you've sort of, uh, you've learnt and just yourself, the way you're already geared and what you mm. appreciate and what you like, you've already said, oh, I just like nice things. <laughs> <laughs> you've always had an appreciation for fashion. You've always liked that kind of stuff. And mm. this, in the same way for me in my work, I've always liked reading. I love ideas and all that kind of stuff. What I want to do on the side is something that is really, uh, it takes advantage of that, emphasizes that part that part of my, my passion and my drive. Mm. For you, this would be the same kind of thing. You're already passionate. You already like this kind of stuff. If you actually made it, somewhat of a vocation. Mm. It would just be emphasizing a part of your life that you already uh, thoroughly appreciate. And it's funny because those, I don't don't know if those that um, listen to the podcast know this about me, that I'm very much into fashion and, you know, that kind of thing. Because it's it's been a part of my life, like pretty much. My mum is a a seamstress, so I've grown up knowing how to sew and I always learnt from her. So um, it's always been a part of my life and it's always been something that I've been interested in. Not It hasn't been pushed on me. I've genuinely wanted to like love high-end fashion, love the runways. I prefer the runways to anything you get at High Point or the shopping centres because mm. <laughs> it's it's like uh, uh, cheaper cheaper versions of real true design and it's, yeah, like well-designed well clothes. Like yeah. actually the, the ideas and the things that go into them uh, just <laughs> – it just means so much more and is people have no idea what goes on in the process of designing clothes and where the inspiration comes from and how it all kind of births and cre- to create a collection and making, you know, just creating, uh, you know, some, what do you call it? Like an experience. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, there's so much to it. It is an art. It's an absolute art. I love it. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of see where it goes. Does that feel good? Yeah. I mean, something I'm, uh, I've got a whole bunch of, um, on my Pinterest, I've got ideas for maternity clothes for myself. So I'll probably start there. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so I'll make, I'll just, I'll see how it goes. I'll do it. I'll do it for myself first and create my own collection for myself and then see what happens. Just, yeah. And just, I'm just like, going to have fun yourself. with it. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to put pressure on myself like I did with everything else yeah. because I don't need to, cause I'm not in survival mode anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of lifted. So the pressure's off. I don't actually feel any fear around it which is good uh, bring joy back into your life a little well, bit more that's it in creativity like i've always loved create creating and being excited when i've got an idea um but i've always been afraid and i haven't trusted myself to kind of put bring that forth so um but that's especially over the last couple of years of course i could never trust my physical body because i couldn't <laughs> so because i was so in my energetic and spiritual realm that i wasn't connected to my physical body 
And now I have no choice but to be. And I'm really looking after it and making sure that I'm very conscious and aware of like every pain that goes on in my stomach (laughs) and, um, you know, my baby's growing and everything's changing and my mind's changing and the way I'm thinking about things and my priorities. And, yeah, it's Mm. this physical experience. It's kind of come full circle. Brings you right back into the physical reality of things, which is good because that's where the action needs to happen. Well, exactly. So I haven't been able to take proper action. And plus, well, I remember the whole Balenciaga fiasco, I dare say. It's probably time for a somewhat of a change of the guard. So, uh. we'll, uh, we'll see where... <laughs> we'll see where... Uh, That's really disappointing. Pretty disgusting. But anyway, we're not here to commentate on that. That's if you're listening, we'll you Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's, yeah, really cool, really cool things ahead. So we won't go too much more into it, obviously, because I don't want to beat it up like it becomes no. this whole new thing and no, I don't want to put the pressure it, on you. Just no. to make make note of it. Make notes. Pretty much. So yeah. exciting. Good for you, babe. Good for you. Thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to quickly touch on? Uh, I don't think so. Well, okay. Probably when we leave, I'll probably be like, oh, that's what I should do. <laughs> but there's always um. There's always a couple of days. A couple of days. That's good. We'll let it build up. And there'll be a big, a big episode in a few days, maybe. Oh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. But just planting seeds now, chopping some seeds, sharing. It was a pr- pretty big episode, to be honest. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Or very deep stuff, anyway. Yeah. But anyway, we'll leave it there. If you appreciated the conversation and you want to get in touch, our email address is itppc at protonmail.com. My Instagram is logan.d.gray. Yuja's Instagram is yuja.gray. If you like the episode, please like, subscribe, and share it around. Uh, you can sort of, yeah, do that. That'd be that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, my my Substack again, which is I, I probably won't be able to post for another couple of weeks while I'm really getting the groundwork laid for my stuff. But if you're interested, I really am excited to get into that kind of focus and change my content and really deliver something a lot more tailor-made and a lot more specific to my particular interests and where I would like to go. It's called Demons and Fancies, which you can find at logangray.substack.com. The podcast that goes alongside it is obviously going to change with the content itself too, but it's the Demons and Fancies podcast, which is also you can find at Substack, but it's also like all over all your general podcast platforms, which is really cool. Uh, Yes, the links for all that are in the sh- is in the show notes. I don't exactly know what's going to happen with your website from this point onwards. Uh, just take it off the list. I'll take it off anyway. And uh, yeah, it'll probably I very be much reborn this- as a fashion website. <laughs> <laughs> I very much appreciate the support though from the listeners um, and those that have supported me over the last two years. You know who you are. Um, very much appreciate your encouragement and um, yeah, your attention. It's been very, very helpful in a very trying time. So thank you so much. And if you want to join the Facebook group. It's Energy and Spirit. I think you can find the link in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, link's in the show notes. Sure. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. But I'll take your website off for now because I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. Let's go. Everything's changing. That's good. That's good. That's good. Things, are, things are moving. <laughs> we're slowly getting We're slowly getting into the more specifics, into the what we're, what we're trying to do. So we are getting there. This hasn't all been for nothing. It's never, it it's never for nothing. Yeah. Everything you do is never for nothing. What a fascinating experience life oh, is, hey? I know. Non-stop. It, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It really right. doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. So you've got to continue on with it. Yeah. I love you. I love you. Let's have a blessed day. Always.